Young people from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part, too. <laughs> They're doing their part. Are you? Join the mobile infantry and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. We are recasting classic movie reboots so Hollywood doesn't have to do it. We're just taking it off their hands because we're nice people. Kenna, it's an ugly podcast. It's a bug podcast. A podcast hostile to life as we know it. Would you like to know more? Boy, would I. This installment of The Boot, we're covering Starship Troopers, the 1997 cult classic directed by Paul Vanderhoven. Verhoven? Verhoven? <laughs> Let's try that again. The 1997 cult classic directed by Paul Verhoven. Starring Casper Van Dien, Denise Richards, Dina Meyer, Patrick Muldoon, and last but not least, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah, Neil Patrick Harris <clears throat> is in this movie. Post-child star acting, pre-as-we-know-him-today MPH. But before we do that, we got some reboot news. Hollywood Reporter, the Mighty Ducks TV series in the works. The Mighty Ducks franchise may be coming to the small screen. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that ABC Signature Studios is in early development for a series based on the 1990s dramedy. Dramedy? <laughs> about is that a real life? I, I've never thought of this movie as a drama no, in any 100%. way. No, um, 100%. It's a comedy. It's a children's comedy, yeah. yeah. I guess uh, when you're eight, it's very important. <laughs> um, let's see. I don't think there's any casting news. I think it's just development no. news. Um, Can we wildly speculate? Sure. Like, who is... Who is the Emilio Estevez of our day? Who do they pick to head the Mighty Ducks? I don't know. Well, I, I will say this. When I was thinking about this, if this is in any way sort of like the idea of like a kid's Friday Night Lights entices <laughs> me so much. Don't, didn't they do that? It was called like Friday Night Tykes. That's a documentary, though. Oh. But yeah, it's like. Oh, OK. It's That's like real. Pop Warner football. That's real life. Who is the Emilio Estevez of our day? Uh, I am not sure. He has, uh, yeah, who who is like this like young hot actor with maybe like a problematic brother, famous family. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't literally have to be exactly like Emilio Estevez. Why not, though? Yeah, I, I'm down with this. Let's see. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that ABC Signature head Tracy Underwood, always looking to identify Disney titles and intellectual property that can appeal to a global audience, put Mighty Ducks in development after being approached by the original trilogy screenwriter Stephen Brill and original producer Jordan Krenner. Um, I would watch this. I would absolutely watch a series 100%. Of, you know, of young... Uh, is it Pop Warner? I don't know if, what, how hockey works. I've yeah. never played hockey. I've never played... Yeah. I have no familiarity. But this is like the pinnacle of 90s nostalgia for people around our age. Like the Mighty Ducks was really important. It was like I can't say that with a straight face. But it was. It was like when it we was were really, kids. Yeah. And it was so big. The actual like forming of the team, rewatching the original Mighty Ducks is a trip. Because you're like, this isn't like I you think of them as like a unit. Yeah. And that's not what they were necessarily. Now here's the long and the short of it. I hate hockey and I don't like kids. It was supposed to be a pep talk. I'm sure this will be a real bonding experience. Maybe one day, one of you will even write a book about it in jail. Funny. All right, get out on the ice. Let me see what you can do. Uh, just so you know, oh my 
You really suck. Hey, I'll decide who sucks around here. I I recently got like one of those two packs of movies that was like the Mighty Ducks and D2 recently? the Mighty Ducks. And I didn't rewatch it just to talk about it, but I remember watching the original at one point and being like, oh, this is a lot different than I remember because the Mighty Ducks movie that I've seen the most is D3, the Mighty Ducks, where they're in like a prep school and they have to deal with their like mean coach. And they get threatened to be like disbanded. Yeah. And then Emilio shows up as a lawyer. (laughs) It's so insane. And threatens to sue. But it's so, like, that was one, I remember my dad, like, taped it on our VCR. Yeah. And, yeah, my brother and I would watch that one over and over and over. I would say D2 is probably the one that I watch where they go to, they they, yeah. they are going up against Iceland. That's the more well-known, like, Mighty Ducks story. Yeah. I should have watched it. Maybe I would have enjoyed it. Who Who would you pick? We'll just flash pick top of your head. Oh, my gosh. For, um, for Emilio S. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh, anybody? For the role of Gordon Bombay. (laughs) (laughs) It just brings back so many memories. Um, it's gotta be like a TV actor. Right. What about, uh... All of a sudden I'm like, I know no actors. What's a a name? What if it was like Seth Green? Eh. Yeah. Nah, not the same, like, charm. Yeah. Um, For some reason, every the whole cast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer is just in my head. So I was like, David Boreanaz? No. I, I legitimately thought David Boreanaz. <laughs> I was like, no way. Yeah. But he's, like, the TV guy. Have you seen ads for his new TV show? The one where he's a, a Navy SEAL? Yeah, and my friend keeps screaming at these commercials anytime we, it comes on because he's like, to be... Like a, a Navy SEAL, you can't be older than like 32. <laughs> I did and, not know that. Like David Boreanaz is almost twice that age. <laughs> and he's like, this is unbelievable. You can't do this. <laughs> Let's think realistically. Like when they were casting, they were like, David Boreanaz can play what, 35? Mm-mm. 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 No, he cannot. Well, we'll see who they Ooh, get. What if it was a woman? Yeah. I'm. I'm fine with that. <laughs> what if it was a very dramatic actor with no comedic hmm. chops? <laughs> with no comedic chops at all? Who is that person? Okay, so like I'm looking at this article and there's an ad for like the Americans. Who's okay. like the who's like the dad in the Americans? Um Matthew Reese. Matthew Reese, yeah. Uh-huh. Very like classically trained. <laughs> <With Sam. laughs> English actor and they're like, "Do you want to play a youth hockey coach?" <laughs> For ABC and he's Studios? Like, sure, I need a paycheck. He's like, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Get that Disney money. All right, um, let's get to the rules. We have rules. Right. Yeah, there's rules. Because we live in a society. A society that's not, what do they call this? The, the feder- It's not the Federation, is it? It's like the Federal, the United Federal Nations or something like that. It's not like the Federation from Star Trek. Yeah, there's going to be lots of <clears throat> lots more questions I have about... Yeah. <laughs> About things like that. But because we live in America, and in America we have laws that we follow, we also have rules. Um, Okay, so the first rule is uh, when we pick movies, we're not going to do any remakes, reboots, or long-lost sequels. So we can't do a movie that's already been remade in the last 20 years 
or as part of like a franchise that sort of puts movies out every 10 years or so a la Star Wars. No imaginary casting. You can't cast people that aren't working right now. And you can't like dream cast. You can't be like, I want, I always say Marilyn Monroe, but that's who comes to mind. You can't be like, I want Marilyn Monroe to play this person because she's dead. Paul Newman. Paul Newman would be on this podcast so many times if he... Is Paul Newman dead? Yes. Oh, sorry. He lives on in my uh, refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) So I often forget. Um, And we're not going to do any sort of quote unquote Tinder casting. You can't just like judge somebody by the way they look and be like, oh, he looks like Leonardo DiCaprio. So we're going to cast him. We won't do that. I say that as if we are holding hard and fast to these rules. (laughs) And we have not already broken at least one of them. But that's where we're starting. All right. So there we go. Let's recast Starship Troopers. This is for you new people. I only have one rule. Everyone fights, no one quits. If you don't do your job, I'll shoot you. You get me. We get you, sir! Welcome to the Roughnecks. Next. First of all, Brian, what was your like? What was your general impression of Starship Troopers Uh-oh. on this rewatch? How like how how long ago had you seen the movie? Um, I I think I had rewatched it uh, back in college, so it's it'd been a while, at least at least eight years. But when I was watching it this time, I was flooded with the memory of when I first saw it, and a friend of mine was like, oh, we have to go see Starship Troopers, but it's rated R. Ooh. So his dad came with us to the movie, and I remember <laughs> sitting in the theater. Oh, he didn't just, like, buy your tickets no, for you. He, he like, went in into the with theater. Us. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with my friend and my friend's dad, and then there's just, like, the co-ed's shower scene. Oh, the, ex- the really long shower scene yeah. where they're, like, talking about their backstories while naked. We all have one thing in common. We were all stupid enough to sign up for mobile infantry. Breckenridge, what's your excuse? Oh, my family's all farmers. I hate farming. I mean, uh, mobile infantry is like pure picnic by comparison. Jonathan, what about you? Oh, I'm going into politics, and you know, you gotta be a citizen for that, so here I am. I got into Harvard, but my father says, forget it, it's gonna cost an arm and a leg, you know? So, if I serve, Federation pays my way. (laughs) I wanna have babies. The other thing that struck me was that while I thought the CGI looked fine for its time. Oh, yeah, for like 1997. The production design didn't age well at all. Everything was just like boxy and it looked strange. Did you also find that their uniforms looked a little problematic? Yes. Yes. Why did they look like SS? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I I was like, why do they look like Nazis? Yes, especially when Neil Patrick Harris shows up at the end and he's like an officer. Mm -hmm. He's like super important. That jacket. And then like the flight officers. And they have eagles on their caps. It's so weird. It's really weird. Well, here's the thing. I spent a lot of time on Reddit as I was watching because I had lots of questions and I knew Reddit would have answers. (laughs) And so Paul Verhoeven, when he made the movie, I guess was like, we got to make it a satire because that's like, it won't play seriously. Right. So there's lots of like mouth breathers on Reddit who are like, it's a satire, America, wake up. <laughs> but um, I there were points when I was like, I'm not sure this is playing exactly like he had hoped it would. Let me ask you this. Between Casper Van Dien and Patrick Muldoon, who had the worst spray tan? <laughs> 
honestly, I have to go with Patrick Muldoon because he looked a it little was, greasy. It was bad. Through the whole the thing. The whole thing. It was just thick. Also, I just to lean a little more into the casting stuff, they are, this was something that I did not remember after my initial watch of the movie, is that they're high schoolers being like recruited yeah. into like government service. And they live so, in Brazil. They no, they live in Arge- Buenos Aires. Oh, Buenos Argentina. Aires, yeah. <laughs> Nothing lives in what was once called the Latin Paradise. Oh, giant, it's us. Buenos Aires has been wiped off the earth. There was a moment early in the movie when Johnny goes home and he's like thinking of enlisting. Like I think a letter comes or something, and his dad freaks out. Yeah. And he's like, "You're going to Harvard." And I was yes! like, oh my I was like, wait a minute! Literally five minutes ago. Johnny was publicly shamed for scoring a yes, 37 on a math test. Failing high school. He is failing high school. How is he getting into Harvard? I had the exact same question. Can he can he get into Harvard? No. Then I was like, is his He's family He's a bad like, student. Is his family like so rich? Like is he a legacy? I, none of these questions were answered. <laughs> and then he goes and plays an arena football game and I was like, <laughs> okay. I will say this about the arena football and this movie in general. I liked that, I mean, assuming that this kind of football is similar to any kind of football we know, mm-hmm. which I know so well. <laughs> okay, so Diz, Dizzy, is the quarterback, Is the quarterback. Right? Which is cool. She's a woman. She's the quarterback. Also, Carmen is the one in, because she's in a relationship with Johnny, Carmen is the one who's like, I'm going into like military service. I want to be a pilot. Mm-hmm. That is her only goal. And I was like, good for this movie, for having like... The women characters be the ones that are like, honestly, like would assume like the masculine roles, I think, in any other movie. It is problematic in a lot of other areas. I was going to say. I will say. It, while it's progressive that they put women in these situations. Yes. It is completely ludicrous that Dizzy's only goal is to be with Johnny. Is to get with Johnny. She doesn't care about anything else. And then when he has the gall to be like, did you? Follow me yeah. to the army, and she's like, "Unbelievable!" I'm like, "Yeah, you yeah, did. you did." She asked for a transfer to be in Johnny's, like, I don't know, his like, his like platoon. Yeah. yeah. Also, I'm sorry. Carmen is the worst girlfriend. <laughs> she's terrible. She put up no effort no, to no, rebuke. No. Uh, exactly. Xander. She is totally like starstruck by this guy who's like going into 42. I'm going to flight school, and she's <laughs> yeah. like, "You're, you're she's like, he's going. a pilot too." I was like, you have got to show your man a little more respect. Oh, Jesus. It was so upsetting. But I will say, I think ultimately the biggest issue I had was how, spoiler alert for the whole movie, Carmen breaks up with Johnny. Then he gets together with Dizzy because he takes off her glasses and he realizes how amazing she is. It's that kind of scenario. Then Dizzy dies. Tragic. And Carmen is the one who is like ultimately like the damsel in distress at the end of the movie. And... So when everything's over, they're all like walking away arm in arm. And I was like, did this man legitimately like get rebuffed by his girlfriend, sleep with this other woman? And now that she's gone, is just like, nothing's changed. Yeah. Hey, Carmen, what's up? Do you oh, want yeah. to go first? Who wants, to, who wants to start it off? Um, I'll start off. Because I feel like I took a pretty strong approach to recasting the movie. Just because, here's the thing. All of the actors that play these characters are 30 years old. Yeah. Playing 18, the age at which you Mm -hmm. graduate high school. Mm -hmm. And so I thought to myself, I'm throwing all rules out the window because these kids are supposed to be 
South American. They're supposed to be 18. Like none of these rules applied to the original. So I just also threw them out the window. Um, but I also feel like it was very important because I feel like no matter what, this movie is always going to, this story would always turn out a B movie, like a, like a cult movie. Right. So I did not want to put really like top tier actors in here, <laughs> even though it would elevate the movie. I was like, we got to stick with people who this is in their wheelhouse. I think you and I took a different approach. I think I leaned more into the Paul Verhoeven like campiness okay. of it, and I was like, this ha- this movie has to stay a comedy. Okay. Um, Do you think that these actors played it as a comedy? No, they played it. Okay, I was about so to say serious. if you but think the audience, but Dandine, no, but the audience watches it and like y- you see that this whole thing is like so exaggerated. Yeah. To like the vi- just the hyper violence. In the movie, cut between like these commercials where like kids are stepping on bugs. Everyone's doing their part. Are you? The war effort needs your effort. At work, at home, in your community. <laughs> to me, it's always lended itself more to a comedy than a serious science fiction movie. Yeah. So I kind of went that way. So I think oh. we're I think we're gonna diverge here okay. on on our picks. Okay, I, see, I think I see what you're saying. Like you you wanted people who who could play it as comedy. Uh, not yes, like not okay. necessarily like oh this is gonna my version would be a comedy, but um, people okay. who when I when you watch you'd be like you'll maybe you'll, yeah you'll okay. probably get the tone that I was going with my cast. Okay, then I'm interested. Okay, so my pick for Johnny Rico Suave is John Boyega. I like it. I think this is given his like sure he's done Star Wars then his like really Pacific Rim he's yeah his like next big choice was Pacific Rim very similar to this and so I I'm slotting him into this category officially so a couple this is his style I no I I think he's a great pick for this I a couple you might remember this a couple episodes back I promised to be better at this so my lists have (gasps) shrunk from. You know, those long 14 yeah. people lists. Yes. I only picked like two or three people for each of these. Oh, okay. And Boyega definitely crossed my mind. I, however, I went with Zach Efron. <gasps> He's on my list. Very close. I mean, John Boyega to me, especially after The Last Jedi, was, was very, like, you can see him develop into this sort of mm-hmm. militaristic yeah. guy. I, I just sort of saw Johnny as like, that naive youth who really he's like aimless and then mm-hmm. he morphs into this sort of zealous soldier at the end where he's he's leading the roughnecks. Some say the bugs were provoked by the intrusion of humans into their natural habitat. That a live and let live policy is preferable to war with the bugs. Let me tell you something. I'm from Buenos Aires and I say kill them all. Yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah! Oh yeah! One, I think Zach Efron is very talented. I don't care mm-hmm. who knows it. 17 wow. again. Appreci- Check it out. <gasps> 17 again is so good. Yeah. Um, oh, also, um, we're going to try and call out what projects these actors we picked have been in. A couple of listeners have written in and been like, hey. Who are these people? Yeah, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> Give me the movies that they're in. But I think everyone knows who John Boyega and Zac Efron are. Yeah. Uh, I think Zac Efron's whole career has gone from like that exuberant youth Mm -hmm. and is now probably morphing into a more action-oriented celebrity he is he is difficult to pin down because in one minute like he does Baywatch yeah okay cool right now he's filming the Ted Bundy movie as Ted Bundy right 
And it's utterly confusing. So I feel like you could slip something like this in and we'd just be like, yeah, sure. That's his that's his way. Right. He does. I don't want to say he does anything, but <laughs> there was I think one of the reasons he was one of the first names I wrote down is because honestly, I think he just reminded me of Casper Van Dien. Casper Van Dien. I like there's definitely physical similarities, but yeah. I think Zac Efron acts circles around Casper Van Dien. The thing is, there have been many Starship Trooper sequels. Like they keep them up, I think almost just as like like the most recent one to come out we were talking about was animated. Yeah, like did they it just, disqualify this movie because it came out last year? And yeah, we were like, yeah, just, it's animated. I was like, they, yeah, but he was in it. Yeah, it's so odd though how they've kept the story going almost for this like very specific niche audience that wants to see an animated Starship Trooper sequel. Right. It's odd, but yeah, he's still doing that, which I think is really telling of how his career is going that he <laughs> keeps coming back to it. But... No, he was he was great in the movie because he could have like lost it many times. And I was like, wow, even at the end, he's still playing it so straight. He's really he really he hangs on to it. I picked for Carbon Carbon Carmen Ibenez. Okay. I picked from Netflix's Dear White People, Logan Browning. Um, I have not seen Dear White People. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So I this is a full admission. Mm hmm. I picked her, uh, I, I was like, oh yeah, I, I've seen this person before. I hadn't seen Dear White People yet, and okay. I was like, before I pick her, I have to watch at least the pilot <laughs> uh -huh. to see. I ended up watching the whole thing. Seriously? I ended up watching, I binged it within two days. And what I liked about her for this was that she is definitely can play someone who has like a passion for a cause. Like that, that's mm -hmm. the, what the whole show is about is how these African-American students are standing up for... It's like how they each individually take on today's civil rights movement and the okay. Black Lives Matter movement. And I think... I don't know if Denise Richards really hits that kind of like... You don't think she really hits but like, the mark? I, that's what's so hard about this. <laughs> because this movie, in a lot of ways, is very two-dimensional. So I, uh -huh. I, like, I'm trying to find that th third dimension to these characters... That might not be there. So I picked her because that's how I sort of saw Carmen was someone who was very passionate about what she wanted and she knew where she was going. I think the third dimension is exactly what we've been talking about because the difference in how this movie is, how this movie was made and how it's being acted are two different things. Paul Verhoeven is making a satire that he intends to be humorous. Almost all the actors are playing it completely yeah. honestly. Yeah. And it's weird. You know, whenever the three of us are together, I feel like things might just work out. I hope you're right, Carmen. We've got one of their brains now. Pretty soon we'll know how they think. And then we'll know how to beat them. And I think that's the like cognitive dissonance you have when you're watching it. Um, so I agree. I think putting in actors who understand... <laughs> I'm not mean to insult their intelligence, but who like better understand what's trying to be made would make this movie like hilarious. Okay, so I picked Kiki Palmer, who I picked honestly partially for her comedic talents because I think she's super funny. Um, I think I also thought about it in the sense of she has got to be the one person who from the start is like, I want nothing more in this world than to do my federal service and become a pilot. I, I, I'm sorry, I do not know who this person you is. You don't know who she is? No. She was like a 
Disney star at one point. Now she was on like Scream Queens for a while. I know the work, but then I'm also like, I've never seen Aquila and the Bee. <laughs> you didn't see Medea's family reunion? I have not seen. What's wrong with you? I have not seen Medea's family reunion. <laughs> I think... So I'm at a loss. I, I can't dispute it. I, I liked her as someone who could be, she could make it fun and entertaining for us when it needed to be, but can also be truly devoted to the cause because ultimately that's what Carmen is. She's the one person who is like sold out from the beginning. Fresh meat for the grinder, eh? I'm gonna be a pilot. <laughs> Good for you. I wish I had more to say. I don't, I, I, I well, apologize. I will be better. All my, all my Kiki Palmer fans, <laughs> at me on Twitter. All right. Should we move on to Dizzy or is that? Yes. Okay. You want to go? Okay. I I don't like my choice for Dizzy because I, I don't think she's a good actress. <laughs> but I feel like when I say this name, when I say this name. <laughs> okay. Pull yourself together, Brian. You're going to be like, yeah, 100%. This is a movie this woman would be in. Uh-huh. Are you ready? Yeah. Cara Delevingne. Oh, she was, yeah, uh-huh. Yes. She's, she is, the world is trying to tell us. You don't us. think she's a good actress? Mm-mm. I thought she was great in Paper Towns. No, I'm not. I'm really not into it. I saw, I remember watching Suicide Squad, and I mean, the whole movie was a wreck. That's not her fault, though. No, no, no. <laughs> we can't blame it all on her. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that choice. I like that so much that she was on my list um, for both Carmen and Dizzy. She, I had so much trouble finding someone that I really liked for Dizzy, and as soon as I saw her, I was like, gosh, I can't stand her. But she, like, this is a movie she would do. Yeah. This is a role she would do. Yeah. So I did it anyway. I picked uh, Ruby Rose from John Wick 2. Oh, and that is a Black. really good choice. Uh, again, trying to pull the third dimension out of these like uh-huh. 2D characters. I, I was like, who's tough as nails? Mm-hmm. But she's also, I guess she's also kind of like a romantic. I'm, it's not really a romance as much as a stalkery. Like, there's so many scenes where she's just staring at Johnny mm-hmm. at school. Dizzy, she's just like looking over. She's like obsessed. You know, it's sad after tonight, most of us probably won't see each other again. Johnny, how come we never got together? Can't we just be friends, Diz? That's who I picked. I picked Ruby Rose. Uh, if you haven't seen John Wick 2, she, she doesn't say a word, which I, I think is a mm. shame. But um, she kicks a lot of ass, and I think that would, that's... Yeah. That's, I think that's kind of what we were both looking for for Dizzy, because she's yeah. such a tough Marine the whole time. Like, one of the things that Johnny is eventually, you know, somewhat attracted to because he doesn't have any other choices (laughs) is that she's such a good soldier. Well, what about the woman who wanted babies? She's there. (laughs) And she wants babies, so... Um... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Wait, wait. Do you remember when Dizzy shows up at basic training and she starts fighting the drill sergeant? (laughs) Played by Clancy Brown. <laughs> and there's basically like a two-minute fight scene. Listen, when you're a woman and you have to prove yourself, you might as well start throwing punches. All right. Um, so we're going to move on. Let's get through this. Who we got? Carl. 
Carl. Who doesn't have a huge role. Your basic arachnid warrior isn't too smart, but you can blow off a limb. It's still 86% combat effective. Here's a tip. Aim for the nerve stem and put it down for good. Would you like to know more? The only reason, well, you and I were talking, the only reason we picked this character, I wanted it because it was played by such an iconic actor. Mm-hmm. And someone we're just so familiar with today. Yeah, because we were thinking between Ace, Xander, and then Mr. Radchek, who, we, who mm-hmm. we'll get to. Um, yeah, he's not a very important character, but I just wanted to see who you would pick to replace NPH. In my heart, nobody. I picked Alex Wolf from Jumanji, the Jumanji reboot. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Not to be confused with his brother, Nat Wolf. Okay, I was immediately confusing him with his brother. And I thought he would be oh, like he'd be like a fun game master nerd type that he kind of played already in Jumanji. Hmm. I definitely put Nat Wolf on my list. Um, but yeah, I did never considered. I'm not even sure I knew he had a brother and that his brother was this person. My pick, who I, I know you're going to appreciate because you're a fan of his work, oh is boy. Thomas Brody Sangster from the Maze Runner series. Oh. How could you forget? And um, Game of Thrones and of Love Actually. Love Actually. He's the little boy in Love Actually um, who has grown up and is now a serious actor. I like it. Um, I just like him a lot. I think he looks so young. He still looks like the youngest person. He's 27. I know. Yeah, I'm down with it. Cool. I thought you'd be a little more excited because you. He you was on my list. Love the maze. I runner. just never learned his name. I just know him as. <laughs> Who did you, I just what did know you write him, him as Thomas's best friend from oh, okay. Maze Runner. <laughs> He's ready to come out of uh, Dylan O'Brien's shadow. Did it bug you that the soldiers? Did it bug me? Continue. Uh, okay. Continue. Did it bother you <laughs> that the soldiers, when they're training and like, and they're I training know what you're about to say. in boot camp, they're going through these training exercises and they're playing like laser tag, <laughs> like with visible lasers until they're not until they go to war and it's bullets. And I'm like, uh, if you have a gun that can shoot a laser, just sh- uh-huh. use lasers. Uh huh. That honestly was something that bothered me is that it takes a huge amount of effort to kill a bug, but they have the technology to, I think, do it a lot quicker. Right. Like, why do they have these like little nuke bombs that they can only use once? Why would they send people on that planet at all anyways? Yeah. Why don't they just blow the planet up? Blow the planet up or send robots. Call up Darth Vader. (laughs) This is all the same universe, right? Yeah. Call up Darth Vader. It's all owned by Disney now. Say, we need the Death Star. Um, Mr. Radchek, played by Michael Ironside, who I, I iconic. I, I kept thinking like he had been in more stuff I had seen, but it, he's he's prim, not primarily, but he's done a lot of TV. I I could have sworn he was been in more big blockbuster movies. If this tells you anything about my childhood, I specifically think of him as um, Radchek from Starship Troopers and the bad guy from the famous Jet Jackson television movie it's one of those two that that <laughs> truly runs the spectrum of what my formative years were um 
so yeah, he's he's difficult to replace. Like I feel like he's a staple in my mind. Who do you got? I think I have a feeling we maybe maybe we're gonna um, say the same guy. Oh, interesting. Or did you pick a woman? <gasps> Who'd you pick? I didn't pick a woman, oh. but that would have been a great idea. Um so I initially picked, I'm not going to tell you who I initially picked, but I will say that I went with my theme of picking somebody who is in the original to be in the remake because Every time. I love that idea. Every time. So I won't say who I picked, but I happened to be watching the lore television show this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I literally changed this hours ago and there was an episode with Robert Patrick in it. Um, Robert Patrick, you may know solely as the T-1000 yeah. from Terminator 2. Um, I legitimately, I watched Fire in the Sky, which is a movie he's in about um, an alien abduction with some friends a couple of years ago. And I became so infatuated with his career because I was like, this guy, when he was younger, he could have led like a diehard series. Mm. He, that should have been his, his career path, but it wasn't. Um, I think because he kind of got stuck in being like a a villain. Yeah. Well, he was Due on X Files. T two, but he. You know, I feel like people hated him on X Files because he was just replacing an iconic role. Mm-hmm. I feel like he got a bad shake on that. Yeah, he's he's extremely enjoyable to watch. He's a little bit older than Michael Ironside was when he was in Starship Troopers, but. I, I just think when he's one of those faces that when you see him, you'll be appreciative he's there. All right. I picked I picked Brian Cranston. Oh, that's so fun. Isn't it? I really like that yeah. choice. Yeah. Because he never gets to just like kick ass and have fun. No. He's, people like, he tends to be a very serious actor. Even in the Power Rangers movie, he was like, he was just like a floating head. And I was like, oh, damn. Right. I think it would be cool to see Cranston as like, Hard as nails back in the trenches, drills mm-hmm. not drill sergeant, but like platoon leader. Yeah, nice moves. Did you learn how to do that, soldier? Back in school, sir. Don't you remember? I was captain of the team. Rico, sir, I need a corporal. You're it until you're dead, or till I find somebody better. I like it. I really like that choice. All right, we we did we did five. I feel like we have room for one more, but I, maybe um, we should push through and just head to our. Our next segment, which if you have, if you're just joining us, <laughs> this is sort of the dessert to the reboot. Yeah, this is honestly meal. what you've been waiting for. It's a segment called "Where Does Barry Pepper Go," where we cast iconic thespian Barry Pepper, who you may know from such films as Saving Private Ryan, The Green Mile, The Maze Runner, uh, True Grit, Maze Runner Scorch Trials, Battlefield. Earth. Maze Runner, Death Cure. And I should correct myself, he's not in the original Maze Runner. Yeah, he's not. So we're going to find a place for him <laughs> in Starship Troopers. Where should he go? I, I bet we have the same role. I, I just, I, I'm, I, I want us to get on the same. There's a lot of there's pe- a lot. people in this movie. There's a, like, like, we had trouble narrowing it down to just five people because there's so many specific little parts yeah. that play a very important role in one point yeah. and then. I had him as Sergeant Zim. I had him as the oh the dr- played the by Clancy. Br- I had him in Clancy Brown's role. I had him in a slightly, mostly because I I feel like I have been putting him in more important roles, and I really just want him to make a make an appearance. Mm-hmm. So I had him as like one of the people in the newsreel, oh, the guy cool. that says the only good bug is a dead <laughs> bug. 
Yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like he could have been Johnny's dad. He could have been so many other things. He could have been Amy Smart's character. Remember <gasps> when Amy Smart Amy Smart shows is up? in this movie? You're like, oh my god. <laughs> there's so many. There's so many actors. It's funny the ones that had careers after this movie because all the main characters. Uh, Denise Richards had a. Mm. Neil Patrick Harris was in like twelve seasons of How I Met Your Mother. Okay. <laughs> You're not besmirching NPH on my watch. I think I'm just thinking you Three-time cast, host of the Grammys you or cast, the Tonys. Casper Van Dien is your lead, and you expect him to do something with his life. And I'm telling you, I think he played Tarzan. He? I think he played Tarzan. When? I don't know. In like 98, he played Tarzan. It was like a future was Tarzan. This, was this around the time that Brendan Fraser played George of the Jungle? It might have been. And, you know... Brendan Fraser obviously is going to get more. Yeah, it might have been. More star power out of that. So Let me find it. He's just living. Aren't we all just living in Brendan Fraser's shadow? Yeah. Tarzan and the Lost City in 1998. It came after a year after this. George of the Jungle uh, came out in 97. So, yeah, he he was behind the Brendan Fraser man. jungle man. I think we really curve. just got to the to the crux of what happened to Casper Van Dien. He's living in Brendan Fraser's shadow. He could have been in The Mummy. Bite your tongue. Okay, so hopefully you've stuck with us on this episode. <laughs> hopefully you have enjoyed your time reminiscing about this classic cult movie yes. with us. Guys, just go go rewatch this movie. Yeah, it's fun. I think it's fun. I think it's it, it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't heard us before, please hit that subscribe button. Please rate us five stars if you have. Hit that subscribe button. Please tell your friends yeah. to do the same. Uh, we're going to do more movies down the line. Uh, and if you have any suggestions of anything, suggestions of things that we can do better or anything like that, if you have suggestions of movies, let us know. You uh, can hit us up on Twitter at The Boot Podcast or Instagram at Boot Podcast. Um, there you will see our fantastic logo. This is the first episode we're doing since we actually came out on the internet. So I just want to give a shout out to Jemima Perez for designing our super cool logo. Super cool. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, you can check out that and all of the fun, exciting content that's going to go. I have no idea how to make social media sound cooler than it already is. Um, Brian, where can people find you if they enjoy you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, at @flynnb. Cool. And uh, what about you? You can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Kenneth Trent. All one word, all lowercase. What if they want to find both of us? This pod specifically. Well, I already sucked Did you? Wow, what's going on with that? A us? bug has sucked my brain out. <gasps> I believe that's true. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Looks like a bug was in his brain, sir. They sucked his brains out.